Hey y'all, and welcome back to a new episode of I Am Raviv, and I'm Raviv. I hope you guys are having a good holiday weekend. Um, I'm filming this, or well, recording this on Sunday, so Christmas was technically yesterday. I unfortunately didn't get to go home for Christmas this year. I was actually supposed to go home today because I was sick the last two weeks with what I'm, you know, the flu, like, you know, some type of flu that was mild because I have the vaccine, and then it turned into a sinus infection, and I was taking a million COVID tests just to make sure it wasn't COVID so I wouldn't bring that home to my mom. And then we're supposed to go home today and do it a day late. But then my mom called me yesterday while her and my brother were having Christmas dinner. And he got a call while they were eating saying that he had been directly exposed to COVID. So, God, it's like such a mess here in the tri-state area. They're in New Jersey and I'm, you know, on Long Island in New York and it's just such a mess. I know at least like 20 to 30 people that have COVID and it's it's very, very scary. So please stay safe. And uh, if you were able to have a, a holiday, then I hope you guys had a good time and stayed safe and please get tested if you've been around people, make smart decisions. But besides that, I am really excited about this episode because I recently rediscovered some old Tumblr posts that I made on my account that... I didn't even know were there. So I've had Tumblr for like 10 years since I was, I think, in high school and, or maybe my freshman year of college, actually, I think it was. And I used to kind of blog on there a little bit, like not just post photos, but actually blog and use that as a blog space. And I totally forgot about all these blogs. Like I remember that I blogged. I remember that I did it more towards like Hope Vista Prevail era to kind of like serve as a blog to connect with fans and stuff. But I totally didn't even remember that I made this uh, series of blogs back in like 2012 called Recovery. And each one was called Recovery and then some term having to do with recovery. And it was some kind of like, uh, you know, like what demon that I was, I guess, battling at that age. It was, you know, I was, it was, I was 18, 19. And so I found someone was recovery, ice cream, recovery, Tums, and like all these different random little things that I struggled with. And I read through every single one of them and I was like, oh my God, you know, I totally forgot about these. And it was really crazy reading through them because I hadn't logged into my Tumblr in like a year or two years. So it was very interesting to go through. Like I went all the way back in my old, old, old archive from the oldest post I ever made, found these, read through them, and was so enamored by them because I forgot that I wrote them and I didn't know that this piece of my history was there. So it was kind of, it was cool actually to, disturbingly cool, I guess, to look through these posts. So it gave me an idea to kind of transform them into podcasts and really talk about these old blog posts that I used to make and go through different ones, kind of talk about those recovery aspects from, you know, a long time ago and the different things that I've worked on to recover from and what certain vices were. And that's really what these posts were about, were vices, things that I leaned on to aid in healing that ended up being harmful. So the first one was uh, recovery, ice cream. And when you think of ice cream, you think of really nothing but positivity. Like besides that it's dairy, I don't eat dairy anymore. Really, my diet is 90 to 95% dairy free. But I (laughs) think of ice cream and I don't think of, uh, you know, you don't automatically think of something negative or in regards to healing or anything like that you just think of it as a fun little treat but ice cream was a big vice for me in college i went to college in 2011 to rowan university i was a freshman 
and I entered college anorexic, which I've done a whole series about this way earlier on in the podcast. It's like a four-part series. So if you want to go back and listen to my um, my story about recovering from anorexia, it's a, you know, a couple pages back. But I went to college anorexic, fully aware that I was anorexic and fully aware that I was trying to go into recovery. So I was afraid going into college because A, I didn't want anyone that I had just met to find out that I was anorexic. But I also really did want to heal. I wanted to be better and I didn't want to not eat because I was always sick and I never felt well and I passed out and, you know, there was I was always nauseous. I couldn't dance. That was a big thing. So I, I didn't want to go into college anorexic, but I wasn't really able to get it together in time. And I knew it was something I was going to have to work on. I thought maybe college could be good because I'll, you know, hopefully meet new friends, be distracted. Maybe it won't be the same situation as high school. So at Rowan and pretty much in every college, you have a meal plan. And as a freshman, you have to select a meal plan at Rowan. So you essentially can do unlimited or you can do a certain amount of meals. Most freshmen choose unlimited meals and you would get them from like the main dining hall, which was in the student center. There were other places you could go, but my friends and I always gathered, you know, together at different times of the day to eat our meals together in this main dining hall. And I remember going into the dining hall and being overwhelmed with all the choices that I had. There were different stations, pizza station, omelet station, ice cream station, like all these different stations. And I wanted to eat everything at first because I was so freaking hungry. I hadn't eaten in like two years. And I also didn't, like I said, I didn't want people that I just met to know, like, hey, she's anorexic. So I kind of had to force myself to, and it was very, very hard and very uncomfortable. I would often get stomach aches, feel really sick. I had to force myself to eat in the dining hall with my friends. I started off very simple, like chicken patty and some vegetables, you know, which really wasn't off from what I had been eating for years. It was an easy kind of transition. And then I picked up fries and I was like, yes fries like I feel like I can eat these fries but what I didn't know was that slowly reintroducing foods that I loved would evolve into binging the foods that I had deprived myself of for two years so chicken patty broccoli vegetables you know other vegetables besides broccoli whatever it was not a big deal didn't feel like binging minimal you know started to eat with friends fine but then once it started to be fries pasta things like that carbs sweets that was when I began to kind of do the opposite. I began to binge, and I'd never binged really before. It was uncomfortable. My stomach at that point was like the size of a freaking pin. So I was forcing my stomach to expand with these foods and then binging on top of it all the foods that I hadn't eaten in years, kind of like making up for lost time. So I didn't feel good about that. Like mentally or physically, I didn't feel good. There was a little like convenience store on the bottom floor of the student center underneath the dining hall. And they always had, you know, it was just like a regular convenience store. It was like going into a 7-Eleven, you just buy snacks. So one day during my second semester, my freshman year, I bought a pint of ice cream. It was Ben and Jerry's cookie dough, favorite flavor ever. And I wanted to try and feel comfortable eating it. I was like, you know what? I haven't eaten ice cream in so long. I miss it. I love ice cream. I still ate dairy at the time. So I was like, you know, just, you, you have to kind of force yourself. And if you're going to cry, you're going to cry. If you're going to feel uncomfortable, you're going to feel uncomfortable. If you end up throwing up, you end up throwing up, even though throwing up is like my biggest fear ever. You have to force yourself at a point. So I bought this pint of ice cream and I ate it and it was a big struggle. I remember like shaking, feeling very sick, but then I felt uh, a little bit more relaxed. I felt kind of calm and I was like, wow, I really missed eating ice cream. And then the sugar hit <laughs> and I hadn't eaten sugar in a really long time, like two years because I hadn't eaten anything. So the sugar hit and the, the dopamine started to, to bump up and I started to feel really happy 
and I was uncomfortable physically and mentally, but the food itself made me so happy. That's what junk food does. So that triggered something. That triggered the feeling of loss, you know, loss of food, which sounds so sadly, but I felt like I had been grieving the things that I hadn't eaten, hadn't allowed myself to eat, and it flipped a switch, man, and all of a sudden, I was suddenly buying a pint every single day and eating a whole pint of Ben and Jerry's ice cream every single day. Those are over a thousand calories, those whole tubs. And I would eat it in like 10 minutes. My stomach would bloat out. I would feel so sick, just nauseous, mad at myself, beat myself up. And then what did I do to calm myself down? Buy another pint of ice cream. It really, really quickly snowballed into buying two pints a day. And my dad, he would you know, put money on my Rowan like card, which is basically like a Rowan credit card you use to buy stuff at school. They're called Burrow Bucks. I don't know if they're still called that, but Burrow Bucks. And my dad would replenish it every month based on like how I did at school, how my grades were, things like that. And he ended up asking me one day, what are you spending all your money on? Why do you need more money? And it was because I was buying $5 pints of ice cream two times a day, every single day. So that's $70 a week and I ended up spending over $400 on ice cream that second semester alone because you know the thing is when you deprive yourself it just it causes the opposite effect once you indulge again if you haven't had something in a while that's like why people give up stuff for Lent you know things that they feel like they can't stop eating or can't stop doing and then as soon as that stops it's you know as soon as you indulge again it's 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 a habit you know it's it's a habit and I was so deprived of sugar and sweets and things that I actually enjoyed eating that restricting myself just caused like a yin and yang effect. It was opposite night and day. And I was f I started to gain weight. And that's what really made me start to panic because consuming two pints of ice cream a day is over 2,000 calories alone. That's without any other food. I was eating food again on top of it because of that, that flip in the switch. So I gained weight and I, I, mind you, I was like 100 pounds when I went to college. So I gained weight, you know, you really wouldn't tell that there was, um, like it wouldn't look abnormal, this, this weight gain to anyone. I would just look normal and healthy again. But to me, I looked like a whale. And it was because of all this ice cream I was eating, it was such an opposite effect that I started to panic. Felt very, very sick. Like I said, nauseous all the time. But I gained weight and to me it was noticeable. Even if it wasn't to other people, it was very noticeable to me. I gained like 10 pounds from ice cream. So going from 100 to 110, obviously that's still not a great healthy weight that was my normal weight though 110 i'm still 110 to this day i've always been that weight as an adult and you know that's just my normal weight but to see it and to see that weight gain when for so long i hadn't eaten i'd been working to do the opposite it was very 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 difficult so ice cream became a vice and i ended up deciding i am not religious anymore but i decided to give it up for lent that semester later that semester to try and just force myself to not eat it because it, like I said, it became a literal vice, like for, for an eating disorder and making up for lost time, making up for food that I had missed out on, making up for things that I deprived myself of. And it didn't help with my recovery. It ended up being the total opposite. I think that needed to happen though, in order to combat the eating disorder, I needed to go into a binging phase, which I don't know if that's, you know, something that's normal, but I think for me personally, I needed to binge. I needed to do the opposite in order to balance out. So for Lent, I did give it up. It was very difficult at first. I think I like experienced honestly a sugar withdrawal because I felt like shit after. But I was able to get through Lent without it and then I was done. I never had that problem again. It was a very short-lived few-month thing. And 
I felt balanced again. And that's why I think it needed to happen because at the end of the day, I finally felt balanced. I felt like I could just eat normal meals. And it was very weird how binging and, and engaging in like that behavior could cause that, that switch, you know, cause that switch and then transform into balance, you know? So reading this blog post, it just, <laughs> it made me think of this time with like kind of disgust because I, I remember just being, I remember this picture of me at a party that semester when I was eating ice cream, I was wearing like a belly shirt, whatever I was wearing. And I remember seeing nothing but weight gain and chubbiness. I was never chubby. And it was just what I personally saw, what my body dysmorphia saw. And all I could see was ice cream. That's all I could see. But at the end of the day, you know, I wasn't eating at all went from eating nothing to eating like 3,000 calories a day, 2,000 of them being ice cream, and then adding in regular food, able to eliminate the ice cream, and then what am I left with? Regular meals, you know? So yeah, it was, it was a really uncomfortable time. It was a really weird transitional period, but I'm glad that it happened only because of that balance. So yeah, finding these Tumblr posts was really interesting. The fact that this was like the first one that I saw was, it just... God, like reminded me, I, I actually wrote something about this in my book, Prevail Finding Normal, because it was such a prominent thing at school, you know, that semester to, to come out of an eating disorder and do the opposite and develop kind of a binging disorder for a little bit. And then, you know, leveling out, it was such a prominent thing. There were a lot of vices that I had my freshman year of school at Rowan, trying to cope with these changes and trying to cope with certain traumas from, from home, you know, from high school and before that. Now I was carrying them over into a college environment. So it was different. But yeah, that is recovery ice cream. And uh, I'm going to do more of these because I really like these blog posts. And they transform or transform. They transcend me back into a time where I was really working on recovering from, like I said, very small, weird individual vices. But yeah, I hope you guys like this concept. I hope you guys like this episode. And my new single, Seven Years, is out now. Who would I be without a shameless plug for my music? Um, seven years is out on all digital platforms i hope you guys really like it one of my favorites super uh dark and eerie like all the reviewed stuff but i hope you guys like this one a lot you can listen everywhere and happy holidays y'all stay safe bye guys